With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am Harrison Starr, your host, uh, joined as always uh, after this brief hiatus with uh, Ben Ross and Max Brecky. Ben, how are you doing? Uh, sorry there. I'm very happy for, uh, you know, as a Minnesotan, I get to cheer on my beloved gopher. For, uh, I can't even do this. Yeah. Yeah, oh you wanna God. you wanna do the heel turn to go for <laughs> right. fan? Yeah, I just cannot because I've disparaged them <laughs> more than any, <laughs> any other team combined in my lifetime. Um, and this is the worst, man. I should show you guys my fucking call records of all my friends and family who called me after the game. They stormed the field. Okay, here, let's we can talk about let's talk about this now, Max. Yeah, let's do it. it. You sir. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, they, I had several friends who are my age, which is old um attend the game <laughs> at the minnesota game and they storm the field is it okay for an adult to storm the field yeah yeah oh come yeah. on yeah i dude we i was at the ohio state game for iowa and storm the field never crossed my mind well because that was such a thorough beating this one there was like some tension at the end <laughs> the game wasn't as close as the score and Oh, they almost came back. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're they right. They almost came back. <sighs> I had a little bit of hope. Um, so the way I was watching that game, and I know that we have to do something real quick, but just so I could say this real quick, the way I was watching the game was, I have I work with these fucking idiots. <laughs> right? Like, I'm going to be miserable this whole week because Iowa plays them next weekend. We lost, and they're undefeated. And it's going to be a fucking hellscape of a week for me. But on the other hand, I was hoping they would win because I want Iowa to break their hearts and for me to be able to wear Iowa stuff for like a whole month straight and just keep fucking rubbing it in their faces because I hate them all. We are absolutely going to beat Minnesota next week because this is a totally meaningless game for Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll to that. And we'll get to that, but yeah. I just wanted to like just say that really quickly. I'm going to have a miserable week because I told them all they were going to lose. Oh, boy, Max. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I also told them that I was going to lose to Wisconsin, but you know, I, mean, I, yeah, didn't, anybody I didn't qualify that. with that. They were like, well, you're just a hater. And I was like, I also hate my own team. We're not going to win either. Yeah. But that's a different old... story for about five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you did bring that up, and uh, the reason Max said we had a little something to get to is we have a pretty cool offer for Hawkeye fans. Uh, Ballpark Blueprints uh, reached out to us. They um, make 
what I would call frame prints of blueprints, obviously, of uh, Kinnick Stadium. It's a pretty cool view from the side. Uh, Niall Kinnick um, statue in the front, and then also from the top, uh, he'll be sending those our way. So we're very excited to to get a look at them. But if you want to get one of your own, it is ballparkblueprints.com, and you can use uh, the code Hawkeyes, all caps, for 10% off orders. Uh, looks to be a great addition to a man cave and potentially uh, a tasteful addition to anyone who doesn't necessarily have a man cave because it is not... A woman cave, uh, come on. Yeah, yeah, a woman cave, uh, just a, a den. Uh, it's a little stately, so uh, uh, Ben... Do you want to put it in your living room? Yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but... No, I mean, I, I think it's it's a, a cool opportunity for Hawkeye fans to to purchase and uh, working with Thomas, uh, great customer service. So um, ballparkblueprints.com, uh, code Hawkeyes for 10% off. Um, so yeah, I guess we can uh, go ahead and get into our general recap from uh, this weekend because uh, not fun, guys. And I think what I am reading this morning into this afternoon into this night is that two-point conversion kept Iowa from doing what they wanted to do, which for me just seemed like the biggest red herring of all time. Uh, Never really at any point during the game did I feel like Iowa was actually going to win it. Maybe it's the uh, eternal pessimist in me. Um, Maybe it isn't. Uh, But I I guess that's kind of how I want to open it, guys, uh, with this very depressing topic of did you actually feel like Iowa had a chance of winning at any point yesterday? Uh, I'll go ahead and start with you, Max. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Wisconsin looked so bad and undisciplined at the beginning of the game, and I was thinking for a little bit there that you know maybe they got maybe maybe Ohio State broke them. Maybe losing to Illinois really just broke the team. And for a little bit at the beginning there, I was thinking, you know what? Iowa doesn't look great. But Wisconsin looks absolutely terrible. And I thought for a little bit at the beginning that Iowa did have a chance. Granted, once they once Wisconsin remembered that they should never pass the ball and they just continually gave the ball to Jonathan Taylor and shoved it down our throats, then I was like, oh, yeah, they, they remembered uh, they're Wisconsin. And they've had our number for a decade now, pretty much. 2015, uh kind of excluded but yeah for a little bit I thought that maybe they had a chance but you know once they scored that first touchdown and you know really showed that Wisconsin football in them uh it was over for me uh ever since we settled for a field goal after AJ Epinesa's strip sack getting the ball at the Wisconsin 16 yard line uh, not being able to score, I knew we were going to lose. Uh, I mean, we just needed to score a touchdown there for momentum's purposes. And we have now beaten Wisconsin approximately once since I've been an Iowa fan, since I was a student. And um, that one win was because Joel Stave, his center, stepped on his feet at the goal line. Um, and he sat himself. Uh, yeah, this whole team, it's really bad, man. I feel really bad because uh, I have a question I'll bring up later, but I just feel like there are no moral victories. Two point law, I get nothing out of that. Um, it might as well have been a thirty point loss. I don't. I don't care how it, we got beat. And the most, wor- the worst part to me is like 
Paul Christ, I think, coached a really bad game. Yeah. Wisconsin coached oh, yeah. a really, Wisconsin coached <laughs> yeah. a really, really, they try to give the game to Iowa as hard as I've ever seen a team try and give the win away. And we just have Tweedledee and Tweedledum behind the controls. And, uh, like, they, no, does anybody on staff, what do they say to your, when your superior doesn't know how to, like, handle the clock? Like, oh. and, and you can do a better job. Like, how mad? Are these like there's got to be somebody on staff who can do a better job than Kirk and Brian with managing the timeouts or when all the timeouts are on Kirk and the play calling is on Brian when and where and it's just got to be so so frustrating seeing like Paul Chris not handing just handing the ball off even more and letting Jack Cohn throw the ball uh, late in the fourth quarter is the most head scratching thing I've, I've seen of all time. And it and it almost bit them. It did bite them in the ass, resulting in an Iowa touchdown. But it uh, it could have been even worse. And that's just what's so frustrating to me is. And we had Wisconsin fans in our comments earlier in the year talking about how they don't like Chris and how they don't think he's a good coach. And I thought they were full of shit. But now it's like, if you're playing almost any other team with a competent uh, coaching staff, Wisconsin definitely would have lost that game. There are so many opportunities for Iowa to win, um, but it's just. That's what makes it so. What 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 I'm so angry about is we weren't. We were hardly outcoached. Oh yeah, I, I mean, we were hardly outcoached. I would say the coaching was actually pretty equal. Yeah, it was close, no, and, it was and that's bad. not a compliment to anybody. No, it wasn't. It's it wasn't good another, on either side. It's just an observation. Ugh. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, I mean the the thing that. Uh, just bugs the hell out of me is Iowa got two, two penalties that, or excuse me, two turnovers that they 100% like forced more or less. And they resulted in field goals, like such frustrating field goals. And I think I do kind of want to talk about the second one a little bit because that second field goal, 39 yards. And like the only thing you can build off of an offense of, 30 to 50 yard field goals is a Lou grows a winner. So, I mean, I think he's probably going to run away with that uh, because he's got 23 already uh, broke the Iowa record, which, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. I I tweeted, (laughs) imagine this offense without Keith Duncan. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Gross. Gross. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not fun. But that second one, was there ever any, should he have accepted that running into the kicker penalty uh, to make it fourth and three, um, it would have given Iowa the ball uh, doing this math. Uh, fourth and three, um, like just outside the red zone. And th- this was yeah, like the 22. Yeah, the 22. So oh, that would have been inside the red zone if they had taken the five-yard penalty, no? Because it was yeah, uh... 17. So it would have been 17-yard yard, yard line. Should he have taken it? Because kind of the, the way that game was going, Iowa was struggling to get – really into the red zone at any point. The the mindset I had was, or at least kind of game game theorying this one out, is what are the chances that Iowa can get this close again? And to me what what it did was it almost put like took all of the pressure off of Brian because he would have had to come up with a fourth down play. He would have had to get Iowa touchdown and he would have had to get a two point conversion when there was really no guarantee that Iowa was going to have a chance to get that close again. Um, I don't know. There were 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah, that 
Mm, I mean, like, I see what you're saying, and I get it, because, like, at that point in time, when they kicked it, I was like, you gotta go for it, right? No, I and, don't. And I'm glad that they didn't go for it. And I just don't... I don't want to know what they would have called. Yeah. I mean, the way I think, Harrison, the way the Iowa's offense is going, you need the points. Like, I said, there's, there's 9.27 left on the clock after he makes that field goal. And you well, you expect Iowa's defense to do what it did. And Iowa's defense held held Wisconsin to a field goal and it kept it a one-score game. Um, it was 24-16. Iowa got the ball back with three and a half minutes left. Uh, ended up with a touchdown and did not convert the two-point conversion. Um, maybe they run that play on fourth and three, Harrison. Um, I actually didn't hit the play. Oh, I like the play. I, I thought it was a great play call, actually. Everybody hates a play when it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like, I, at no point was I like, that was an egregiously bad play call, actually. Like, I was hammering on Brian the whole game. I actually kind of liked the, you know, QB draw. Yeah, and I've been one who's kind of beat the drum all season for getting Nate Stanley more involved in the running game. I know he doesn't have a whole lot of skill in that area, but he is 240 pounds and he's not a Scott Chandler type uh, of athlete. He He's quick enough and he's big enough. I think really the, the thing that is weird to hear people talking about is how the umpire was in the way. It's like... Uh, I don't care about that. I mean, exactly. I don't really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that is not why he did not get the two. And like, he just got hit so hard that like I think he just... I think that he actually, like, you heard that hit. Yeah. Like, they showed it three times. Like, you hear that hit. And, like, I think he just got hit so hard he got dazed and didn't think, oh, well, I got to push again. Like, I think it kind of knocked the shit out of him for a second. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, I, I'm not mad about him doing it, like, not reaching or not, like, because the, uh, I don't know if you guys were listening to the announcers at all or if you were in a spot to listen to it. They were like, I can't believe he didn't j- go for it again. Or, like, I can't believe he didn't take that second lunge. And, like, he just got oh. hit so hard that, like, yeah, he, he, very, he very clearly had, like, no clue where he was for a good second. Yeah, I mean, of of the gripes that I have with the coaching yesterday, that, that two-point conversion call is is not one of them. Um, really, the, the Nate Stanley piece that I've kind of talked about, I think all season at least, but just the larger topic of making – opponents think you're going to pass and running is what's totally lost on a lot of this mm-hmm. team. And Iowa's best run yesterday came when Tyler Goodson ran out of shotgun for 21 yards. Uh, I think that was the only time they ran out of shotgun. Um, and, or I guess say for the Nate Stanley thing, they also had that weird Nate Stanley uh, read option, I guess, but um, I don't like that one. Mm-mm. Well, yeah, the, that one I didn't uh, like. the Goodson, the Goodson not seen the field enough. I mean, I, I think when I was trying to game plan out how I was going to win, which I mean, no one wants to see my receipts of emails, but I was like, mm-hmm. Goodson needs to get five receptions and Tracy needs to get six to six to eight. And where they landed was Goodson had one and Tracy had five. Um, and, and really maybe the biggest positive from yesterday is just Tyler Tracy is officially for real, right? Tyrone. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Or Tyrone. Tyrone. Yeah. 
Yeah, people uh, people did not like him, and then he had that reception against Northwestern a couple weeks ago, and oh, uh, yeah. everybody loves him. He's really good. It's like he was good the whole time, and he just had his, you know, had a couple drops. You know who? What's not very good is throwing swing passes to Max Cooper. <laughs> that was a weird call. It was, yeah, it was, and it was also a really bad pass. Too. Didn't hate the yeah. call there. The path was yeah. horrible because that was. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly was really what pass. Um, Urban Meyer was talking about uh, with. Uh, that breakdown that they had, uh, him and Jared Denardo that they've been doing that everyone loves. I hate love them because Urban Meyer is still an asshole. But uh, he <laughs> called it a relief, right? And there was a lot of space between Cooper and the secondary, and he got it to him, but it was a horrible throw, so Cooper couldn't do anything. I think that was right after uh, someone got injured, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Regan. I, right I think that was right <laughs> after I turned the game off. I don't know. <laughs> And then I saw that they uh, immediately scored after I turned the game off, so that was cool. There were there weren't any major injuries last night, were there, Harrison? Uh, no, not I think, yeah, no. not to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah nothing that's been reported yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, uh, I thought looked really good, and they completely abandoned him. And I'm sorry, I just kind of hyped up. Torn Young looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, he was good. I wouldn't say they abandoned him. They just had to stop running the ball because they were running out of the clock. But he, well, I didn't see him, though. Like, they they put uh, Makai Sargent back in, and I mean, we liked him last year. We liked him at the beginning of the year. He's been iffy this year, but we saw him a bit. And then obviously, we saw Goodson, and people were saying that Goodson wasn't seeing the field enough. I mean, Goodson only got six touches, five carries. Sargent only carried the ball. We only carried the ball 23 times. Oh, yeah. But, like, Torrin Young was a monster for, like, a whole two drives. Yeah. He just disappeared. Like, and I get that out of necessity, they had to kind of start throwing the ball. But I think they really abandoned the run way too early. We obviously want to see Iowa run the ball 30, 40 times. I think we, I think this, I think we had 84 yards or 81 yards at the end of the third quarter, 81 yards rushing. Um, and so people had thought on Twitter, at least because there's that stat, we get over 100 rushing yards, we win. So people had thought, you know, we're going to get to 100 for sure, and <clears throat> that gives Iowa a chance. And who knows? You're right. I mean, they simply really couldn't run the ball, though, because of the time. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Iowa, late, yeah. late in the fourth quarter, I'm not upset that they didn't run the ball because obviously at that point you got to pass it. But mm-hmm. I was just like, you know. People were like, where's Goodson? I was like, "Why? Are, where's Torin Young? Torin Young was uh, eaten. Yeah. Real early. And, you know, in the second quarter, I feel like you didn't really see him. In the third quarter, you really didn't see him at all. Yeah. I, I think with Young, uh, it, it's funny. And part of this is probably a function of Goodson's emergence. But I remember kind of a preseason uh, storyline regarding Torin Young was, uh, we we kind of went away from him in the passing game. He was pretty good uh, last year. Uh, I think he's got maybe a couple receptions this year. And to your point, it's like he's a big body going against big bodies. Why not let him get the crack at it a little bit? Uh, but really, to me, it was the Goodson thing. Part of it's Iowa only ran 51 total plays. So, like, divvying those up is – is I didn't, well, I didn't we realize they ran. Yeah, so few that is plays. so bad. I didn't realize they ran so few plays. Yeah, yeah. That that's why it's like ah, 
it's hard to get in a rhythm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. ultimately my biggest frustration when you looked at, or when I looked at some of the stats earlier today, um, time of possession was a big deal. But the thing that really kind of blew my mind was not only did Iowa just like barely eke over 10 minutes in the first quarter or the first half of time of possession, but when you got to the fourth quarter, it was uh, 18 to 26. So Iowa made it back a little bit because they started with the ball. Um, but for me, like, it's just, it's so hard to put any of this on the defense. They, they did their job in terms of kind of turning Iowa over. Agree. Um, they had to, they're put in a horrible position of having to try and get a three and out uh, against uh, Wisconsin in the last three minutes of a game. To me, that was just so dumb. It, it felt like he was planning his own funeral with that. Kirk Ferentz was by kicking deep. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's just yeah, I don't so many why things. Yeah, I don't understand why they have to be onside, but I guess we could talk about that. I, I just don't know why there isn't something in between an onside and kicking it all the way deep. Because I understand that, like, it's balanced. It's difficult to to get that to work. <laughs> but, like, the guy's still at his 10-yard line. Is there not some pooch kick that you can get um, that you've practiced? And this, I mean, this probably goes to to Woods a little bit, too. Why, why isn't that something that I was thinking about um, since the onside kick is largely dead? Um, I don't know. There's just... There's just so much frustration on all this stuff that we've been frustrated about for, I, it feels like my lifetime, and I'm sure your guys' uh, length of time as Hawkeye fans, that it, it's at some point it gets boring to belabor it. No, I mean, yeah, no, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, You can't really blame the defense, you know, because they were – uh, now that I know Iowa ran 50 goddamn plays, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Wisconsin runs the same type of offense as Iowa runs, and that's we're going to wear you down on defense to the point where you're just going to be, we're just going to run you over. And at the end of the game, with maybe the best running back in the nation right now, or at least top five running back, Adam, wherever you want to put him, he's a great running back, a huge offensive line. They're just going to run you over, and there was absolutely zero chance that Iowa was going to get, you know, get that three and out, or even, you know, get the ball back with any amount of time that would have been solid enough to get them down the field to, to score or anything. But man, like they just looked so, like the defense was so good for so long, and they gave up twenty four points. Ultimately, that's not an unwinnable game if especially the way that Wisconsin played. You know. Yeah, the defense was good. It wasn't otherworldly like we No, seen. they weren't they weren't great tonight, or I guess yesterday or whenever you're listening to this. They weren't great Saturday. They were good. They were cl- I mean they were close to great. Two turnovers, generating two turnovers is really good. Um I think I guess yeah, you look at um no no. Did he did he leave or did I leave? No, you're here. Are you oh. hearing me? Okay. Um, no, we no, lost okay. Harrison for a moment. He'll be back, I'm sure. Uh, I guess, yeah, allowing 300 rushing yards, 250 to Taylor, obviously, <laughs> it's not the great recipe. I mean, looking at the box score, you'd think Iowa would have lost by more than two, and you think Wisconsin would have scored more than 24. Um, and that's where the turnovers come in. 
So yeah. Uh, I guess. What did he say? He said, "Is anyone talking?" <laughs> Buddy, we're here. You're are, not. Are, are we ever? <laughs> um, we lost Harrison again. Sorry. Uh, I'll, we can keep this train moving. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I would have. If you would have told me I would have scored 22 points, I don't think that still would have been enough to win. At, now that we're now I'm thinking about this. Um, so yeah, I would have thought about it. That's three touchdowns. Uh, that you know, yeah, I would probably would have assumed that the Iowa defense would have given up more than three touchdowns. And uh, so yeah, twenty. It just comes down to you know the offense. Um, when I'm using that logic to pigeonhole my argument, um, and I just don't know what can be done, and I don't expect anything to change until next week where we run out this totally innovative, great new age offense against Minnesota and a totally and completely meaningless game. Uh, spoil Minnesota season, making me very happy, making you very happy, Max, because um, Minnesota fan, I mean, I'm very happy for Minnesota fans to uh, have their, you know, have won their first meaningful football game in since 1968. Uh, I'm glad you guys can know that feeling of what it's like to, uh, be good at any sport because, you know, Minnesota's other than hockey, uh, Minnesota hasn't been good at anything ever uh, for my entire lifetime. I grew up going to Minnesota go for basketball games and some football games, and uh, they never won anything ever. Um, I mean, their best year was like they were, you know, we can bring this back to Iowa now. <laughs> People always uh, gripe about Kirk, and it's just 8-4 and four and 7-5 and five forever, but it's like, Eight and four is fucking awesome at Minnesota. Um, people were really that's why that's kind of sort of why Glenn Mason got fired to show on the door because they're always like seven and three, um, seven and five. I mean, excuse me, or I don't even know what the Big Ten was back when Glenn Mason was coaching, but like they had Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney, oh, yeah. and uh, they could still only win eight games a uh, year, and that was and I think they I think they went to like the Holiday Bowl or something, the Heart of Dallas Bowl, and. Um, one with those two guys and they were ecstatic. Uh, PJ flex signed a big extension before um, I thought losing four straight games is incredibly on the table for him. Kind of wish it would have happened. That'd been perfectly Minnesota in fashion. But now uh, <laughs> I think they got a good coach. Minnesota looked really good. I was really doubtful about Tanner Morgan going into the year and, he was 20 for 22 yesterday. Uh, I thought he was 18 for 20, but yeah, regardless same, of what same. he was, he looked good. Wide open receivers all day. Yep. That I watched that entire game just because... I did too. I hate myself. Yeah. My entire, family, my entire family was at the game, and uh, God, they are just insufferable. I can only imagine, my dude. I can't wait to go to work tomorrow and hear it from everybody that I work with. But um, I was going to ask this question, and then Harrison kind of disappeared. How are we, how are we feeling about you know this is another season that seems now lost and meaningless? You know, earlier earlier, Sean. I mean, there's six and three, and 
I know a lot of people are happy for with eight and four and happy to just be a good program. But I mean, how are how are you guys feeling about you know what looks like it's going to be another eight and four season? I mean, best? for me, it freaking stinks. Hello. You know, I, I think that <laughs> like people are fine with the seven and fives and eight and fours because there's some promise of. Uh, better like much better than that once every four to five years under Ference. and to me i think specifically me i see the window closed until uh, just until like i just i just don't know when that window will open again for a 10 and two like season uh, i think where i am as a hawkeye fan is like you see how kirk ferentz performed against really just lesser teams the last three years the the number of lesser teams is not necessarily increasing uh illinois looks like they're getting better uh minnesota looks really good Uh, next year Iowa is going to play penn state and ohio state on the road they have to face michigan state um back to back (sighs) michigan state's bad now though they are michigan state is bad now you're right but they're the type of team that Iowa just struggles against, like, when's the last time they beat Michigan State? I honestly don't know. 2014, maybe? Uh, oh, God, I don't even 2014. know. 2014. Uh, 2012. Louise. We always talk about 2012 somehow. Is it 2012? We did beat 2012. That was our only win that That was year. the only game that I remember, but like, I watching. And uh, shout out uh, Castillo with that game-winning interception. What a world. That's right. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean back. that's that's where I'm at. It's just like uh, I don't see the window opening again. Uh, maybe it opens when it's Rutgers on Iowa's schedule every year instead of Penn State, which is 2021. No, 2022. And who will be co- and who will be coaching in 2022, Harrison? Uh, Kirk Ferentz. I mean, and and, <laughs> and here's the yeah. thing about Iowa football is they are so afraid of turning into an Arkansas, which fired Brett Bielema for being bad one season after firing uh, Hugh Freeze after he went eight and four. They're afraid of just like... I forgot Hugh Freeze was at Arkansas. Oh, yeah. I I mean, it's wild. He was three coaches ago. And now they're looking at rehiring Mm -hmm. him. Imagine that. But like, it's... They're so afraid of turning into like a factory of sadness that they're not going to take the risk of potentially being better because seven and five, eight and four, go to a bowl game in a warm climate or new city, and that's good for plenty of people. Uh, my, I mean, yeah, it's good enough. Here's, I don't know. But the thing is, like, who realistically, and I don't know if this is a conversation we have now, is like, who realistically is going to come in that you'll be really excited about and take over the program that isn't Bob Stoops? And and I'm I'm going to be mo- most upset, or maybe, I mean, obviously Phil Parker, but uh, I'm going to be most upset is the attrition I think we're going to see after this season and probably next season. Uh, not just with players, not with just talent on the team, but with coaching. Like, LeVar Woods, I don't think, 
Is, Nobody's going anywhere on the coaching staff. They're what safe. Makes Why not? Because they're safe. You're, you're telling me LeVar Ward's currently a special teams coordinator. If yeah. some, some mid-major, uh, some max school offers him a defensive, co- defensive coordinator job, he's not going to go take it? Iowa is a four-way I'm not job. sure about that. I think someone is going to take the fall for this year. Yeah. I think Polisek's out. That would be... Okay. Polisek's definitely Next, gone. Okay, I can see that. I don't see... LeVar Woods, yeah. though, is an Iowa dude through and through. It's not going to be okay. LeVar Woods. It's not going to be... Uh, you know, it's not going to be Phil. Phil's not going anywhere. Phil sick of this shit? I don't, th- I don't think he's happy about it, but... I don't think he goes anywhere. He and yeah. Kirk have been together for twenty it, it, years. All right. To, to me, it died comes this down time. to if. But I guess. Then I guess I'm not that mad about it. If you guys are so sure of that, well, I think the two brightest young coaches on two brightest coaches on staff are um, Seth Wallace. Seth Wallace is great. I really like He's not Kel- going anywhere. I yeah. really like Kelton Copeland too. He might go somewhere. Um, the newer guys I could see leaving, and it's because the newer guys aren't from here, and they're like. You know, and I feel like they're not as ingrained to the Iowa way or the Iowa culture, however you want to, you know, put it. But, like, I don't feel like they feel as indebted to it as, like, a LeVar Woods or a Brian or well, I Seth think you're, Wallace. Or, I guess my, big, my biggest fear is attrition among coaches. I think, that, more I think your point's a good one because, like, I think Max's point of this being a for-life job is that it doesn't necessarily – churn out innovation and and i think even on the defensive side it how long did it take iowa to adjust to uh the modern offense it took probably five to ten years longer than some off defenses are turning that into it just doesn't churn innovation and the best coaches want to innovate and i can see both attrition happening from like a Wallace, a Copeland, because they see like, ah, we're not doing much game changing here. Uh, but I can also see on the flip side, that being a selling point that, Hey, this is something I can do until Kirk retires. So I think it's a bit of a, you can play it both ways. But for me, I think to get, to see the true change that we want to see, we're never going to see it because there just is no history with Iowa assistants going to be, do bigger and better things, save Joe Philbin, who left in like 2001. LOL. Yeah, and... Ken O'Keefe has an history of Ken O'Keefe went to go be, what was he, like an analyst? Passing game coordinator Passing or something? Game analyst or some weird thing like that in Miami. But like, the reason I was just saying it's a for-life job is that the only people who have been fired from this job and they weren't even officially re- or fired were Greg Davis, who retired. He was asked politely to leave, probably. Yeah, and retired. And how badly and, do we want him right now? And, well, I was just going to say, and uh, I can't think of the, their actual names, but those two coaches that told Eno Benjamin to go Pretend, oh, yeah. go oh, yeah. on a secret visit Chris to Chris White and Bobby Kennedy, I think. And they went behind Kurt's back. Yeah. I kept on yeah. thinking of Chris Peterson. Yeah, but, but those are yeah, those are their names. I, I remembered White and uh, Kennedy. I just couldn't remember their first. But, yeah, like, those are the only two people that I could think of who have been fired, fired. And it was that they went behind 
the man's back. And, you know, you know, basically, you know, they just lied to him. And they lied to a, and they lied to a kid. You know, like, I think those are the only reasons that they're not here anymore. But, like, otherwise, like, they'd probably still be here. Right? Chris White's in the Lions, and Bobby Kennedy's at Stanford, so... Don't, there you go. Don't feel bad for him. Why is the tight ends coach? He's coaching TJ Hawkinson again. Hilarious. Oh my god, time is a flat circle. But I mean, I think ultimately, like, we're just not going to see any change because there's no reason to change because no one's more or less interviewing for better jobs necessarily. Like, and I think that's where you see this innovation happen is where guys have higher aspirations and I'm just not convinced anyone has higher aspirations on this staff. Maybe. And I know Morehouse talks about Wallace being a future head coach, but I guess I'll see it when he leaves. Yeah. I don't know. It's, there's so many things that the staff is good at. Like You're right. I think overall, this is such a good staff. And I think but, this is such a good team too. Yeah, no, and it's a, and you know what? I think that this team, like, and I hate to say it because Kirk keeps saying it, is that this is a great team. And I think that I'm kind of at the point, and this is my hot take of the episode, I guess. I'm really kind of losing faith in Kirk Ferentz right now. Like, I know that I've like a lot of people are on the fence. I've always said, you know, I hate this offense, but it's I'm just at the point, man. Like, nothing's changing. We've beat one ranked team in the last since 2016. We've beaten Ohio State. That's the ranked victory and there's we have. Right, the That's second it. Big Ten win against a team that finished with a winning record was Minnesota last year. Nice. And we beat them when they were absolute yeah. dog shit. We beat we beat them before they fired their D coordinator and you know, turn their season around. Like, we haven't beaten anybody in the last few years. And it's empty. Like, these wins are empty calories. Like, you know, yeah. it's like it's like having a quarterback that a mass. It's like, it's basically like Matthew Stafford. The guy will put up 350 yards a game, but they never win anything. It's always garbage time, you know? Like, it's, we, I'm just kind of like, it's just empty calories. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's not enough. And I'm just, I'm, I'm at that point right now where it's just, I'm just discouraged. I can't watch this team play good teams and lose like this anymore. I guess that brings, <laughs> brings us to the Minnesota game, right? Except uh, I'm ready. For, except I'm ready for, I'm ready for them to beat Minnesota next week. Yeah. Because I mean, but to your point, that's an empty calories win. Like, it's a win that has no bearing yeah. on Iowa's season other than the fact that Iowa can say we kept Floyd another year and... Will we extend will we fairness what? after the win? Extend? I said, will we, ex- will we extend fairness oh, after God. the win? He probably has already been extended. Ugh. There's something built in. It was extended two years ago. If we get nine wins a year, yeah, he'll get a win. Oh, my God. I just... Here's the thing. Iowa could still win 10 games this year. <laughs> they could, will they? No. I mean, they but I guess but... let's let's talk through this because I think this is an interesting thing. Like, would we feel good if Iowa gets to 10 wins this year? 
Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, the worst part about it is yes, because it'd be, we'd, that means we'd beat a really good Minnesota team. Uh, and not a surprisingly decent yeah, Illinois. Very uh, Illinois would be our second best, third best one of the year in whatever bowl game, game, presumably, and and then whatever bowl game. But it's like people, um, I mean, yeah, and then a bowl game, and the bowl game would be against a good team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's probably why I'd feel good yeah. about it if they hit ten wins, is because they have destroyed Minnesota's perfect season. They'll have beaten right. the East Illinois team, who I hate because I'm from Illinois. They beat Nebraska, always fun for me. And then they would have beaten a good team in a bowl game. And, like, I wouldn't be thrilled, but I'd be like, you know what? That was a solid 10-3 and three season. You know, that was good. Like, 10 wins. I, I, at the beginning of the year, did I not say 8-4 and four uh, and everybody yelled at me? And we did. I, yeah, and, yeah, and you did. did say it. And it's been my calling card all this season is I had no hope for this team to win 10 games. And if they won 10 games, you know what? That definitely surpasses my expectations. So, like, I mean, I guess if the 10th win, <sighs> and I don't know how necessarily the Pac-12's, like, hierarchy for Bulls is, but let's assume they get left out of the playoff, although that might be unlikely. So their winner goes yeah, to the Rose Bowl. And Utah or Oregon goes to the Holiday Bowl because I think that's how that sets up. Good God, we're but, I mean, go yeah, up against I mean, Oregon. I, that would be like a very good yep. tenth win if oh, I was able God. to do it. But I think Oregon is almost like a oh, Wisconsin yeah. on methamphetamine, right? I mean, <laughs> Oregon's defense is actually really good and. God, Mario Cristobal is going to take his... Oh, I don't know how to say it. That's graphic. Oh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> We're going to go to the Holiday Bowl and have our insides removed. I mean, I guess... I guess, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to play it. <laughs> I don't want to play Oregon. I don't know. That goes without saying. I don't want to play Oregon in a bowl game. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. Like, no, it, Oregon could lose out. I still don't want to play Oregon in a bowl game. Yeah. Um, I don't want to play any... I yeah, don't play anybody I in a bowl that's game. What, what I'm trying to say is, like, what <laughs> <I just> is <laughs> the worst team that Iowa could get their 10th win against that would make this feel like a good 10 wins? Oh. So, I mean, we're pretty much like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, through. beating. I guess, yeah, Oregon, fine. If we go 9 and 3, we might get Citrus. Bowl, and then bro. we'd be playing yeah. Georgia. It could be Utah. We'd match up well against Utah, I assume. Utah would be fun. I'd like that game. I think they'd still beat Iowa. Like I right now, from what I've seen of Utah, and I've watched a lot of Pac-12 after dark. Um, yeah, that'd be a good game. I think. I think they. I think Utah's a little bit better than Iowa, but that'd be fun. All right. Gosh. <sighs> oh, here, here we go. So, like, if I were, I, I'm in ESPN's thing right now, and they have. Well, I don't. I haven't okay. seen Iowa yet. But let's say, oh, here's one: Gator Bowl versus Tennessee. I want no part of that. That would feel horrible. Twenty fourteen Ducks. Tennessee. Oh my God! Who's, who's coaching them now? Is it's not who? Who's there? Uh, Tennessee is. I don't even know. Philip Fulmer. Oh, I, I think it's still not Jones, Jones anymore. Or, no. 
Here's the other one they have. San Diego <laughs> County Credit Union Holiday Bowl against Washington. Oh, Washington's 6-4 and four right now. No, I'm actually surprised that they're that bad. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is okay. Tennessee's head coach. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Butch. Thanks for fact-checking me. <laughs> but, I mean, would we well, feel well, good about wins against either so, of those I'm teams and finishing 10-3? and three? Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm always happy when they beat teams from other conferences, but, like, I think it's because I don't realize how bad those teams sometimes are. Like, I know that Illinois is bad. And we're going to beat Illinois, and I'm going to be unimpressed. I know Purdue's bad. You know, I know some of these teams are bad, but, like, I don't watch enough Tennessee. I don't watch any SEC football at all to have an opinion. So, yeah, I'd probably be happy with it. Okay. I don't know. I I guess it's just – it's interesting for me, ultimately. Just a, a weird, weird season. Oh, this sucks. Everything sucks. We don't even know if this Never is recording. Happy. We'll see you later. <laughs> no. Yeah, we have no idea. Uh, I'm about to watch the Vikings rip my heart out in the same way. Yeah. That. Is it big doubt? Is, is Cow- are Cowboys a team of choice? You do see a lot of like Arkansas-born people uh, tend towards the Cowboys as their like, pro team of choice. Christina being from Dallas is... Obviously, pro Dallas. Um, so that'll be fun. And since I'm a Packers fan right. and they did win, uh, it'll be fun to cheer that. against Minnesota because it's always fun to cheer against something from Minnesota. Unless it's. Or the Timberwolves. <sighs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, they're good this year, right? Maybe. The Timber, the timber Pups. The, yeah, the Pups. The last uh, meaningful Minnesota sporting event I've ever been to uh, was 03 Western Conference semifinals. Wolves oh, wow. versus Lakers. I think it was the final. Wow, yeah, that's, Western a, Conference that's a pull. That's a Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost went to a Twins playoff game this year, so that's why I had to pull out of my memory. Uh, yeah, that's it. We have got nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, I guess that does it for this podcast, which may or may not have recorded. Uh, once again, oh. we, we had 17 minutes 24. of content. Yeah, 24. Or no, 24, apparently. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. A- anything else, Max? Sorry, I guess I just kind of made an executive decision. Well, I was talking uh, with the thing on mute, and then I realized that nobody could hear me. I did that earlier. I did that earlier. Why is everybody talking yeah. over me? I you know. guys are pieces of shit. I've never. Yeah, I had that happen to me earlier too. Um, we could talk about Iowa basketball, but I didn't watch. Yeah. I watched the I'm first. I'm a ball basketball fan. I watch, So you cheering against Iowa on oh, Monday? Boy, I might Tomorrow. be. I wish, really wish the game was here, and I really wish to pause basketball. Stadium was on, isn't Kansas. it? The Wintrust Arena. It's a nice stadium. I no, yeah. 
It's not it on campus. Worth, no, it's not on and campus, but it is but that's Arena. Not just the uh, Rosemont Arena change names, is it? Okay. No, no. It's actually right by it's, McCormick's. It's uh, in the center. It's in the city. It's still not that easy to get to. No, it's actually incredibly hard to get to. Yeah, there's no no trains run over there. I don't know no. why. I understand how expensive land would be to build on campus, but they have the money. Yeah. It's like the all the other sports are on campus. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I like the arena. It's a nice little arena, but yeah. it's, uh, it's a very odd location right by McCormick Place and like not quite by Soldier Field, uh, but also okay. very much so right. by Soldier Field. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.